Well, I hope you all had a, a wonderful Christmas. Mine certainly was, was very special. I think I'm done, though, with sugar for a while. <laughs> At least I need to be done with sugar for a while. So today we celebrate this feast day of the Holy Family, which reminds us that all of us are called to holiness, to be holy. But as we think of the Holy Family, of Mary and Jesus and Joseph, the thought of even becoming like them may seem out of reach for us. We may sometimes wonder if the holiness that we desire, that we aspire to, that we see in some of the lives of the saints is even possible. Like the family that was coming home from Christmas Day Mass, mom's getting breakfast put together, pancakes, and the two boys are already fighting They just got home from Christmas Mass, and they're already fighting about who gets the first pancake. And finally, the mother just throws up her arm and says, boys, did you not hear anything that the priest said today at Mass? What would Jesus do? Would he not give to the other person the first pancake? And the older brother says to the younger, how about you be Jesus? I want to share something that Bishop Cousins recently wrote for the Catholic Spirit. It was his reflection and meditation for the Feast of Christmas. And in this meditation, he speaks about hope. And I want to share just a little bit of what he wrote as a way to lead into our reflection together this morning. He says, one of the greatest struggles of the Christian life is that none of us lives our life as well as we want to. It is our part, is part of our common struggle that we know we are called to live fully the Christian life, loving God above all things, loving our neighbor as ourselves, yet we find ourselves often failing. This can be disheartening, but in this struggle, the gift of Christ is given to us as a sign of hope. And then the question is, he raises, what is hope? He says, hope is that virtue that helps us to live in a mean between two extremes. The one extreme is despair, where we believe that we will never be able to really live the Christian life as we should, so we just give up trying. We give up believing that God can actually change us or change the world, and we settle for where we are and the way things are. And we say, things will never change. I guess I'll always struggle 
with this sin. God must not really want more from me. When we despair, he says, the call that the Lord gives us to holiness becomes only an ideal that we accept to never reach and we give up trying. Have you ever felt that way? I sure have. There's been days where I have felt exactly like that. But then he says, there's the other extreme of hope, which is presumption. Once again, this is a way of reducing the call to a radical love and the holiness that the gospel invites us to. We know that we don't live a fully Christian life, but we think it doesn't matter to God. Again, we settle for the way things are because we judge it is good enough. I'm a good person, we say. Isn't that good enough? I go to Mass on Sunday and I go to confession at least once or twice a year. Isn't that enough? With presumption, I know that I should do more to try to love God and my neighbor, but I just don't really think it matters all that much. So I don't change. In the end, I ignore the true call of the gospel to a deeper love and conversion. Wow. That resonates with every one of us. Because the, the great spiritual illness of our times is the lack of hope. It's the lack of hope. And we go between these two extremes of despair and discouragement, wanting to just to give up, or we go to presumption, to apathy, indifference. What is God's response to this? His response to us is the same response that he gives to Simeon in the gospel, in the temple. He places in our outstretched arms Jesus Christ, the child, the infant Christ. And as we, with Simeon, we take that child into our expectant arms, we see in that child the hope of the world, our hope that because God has now become one of us, He's become like us, uniting himself with us. He now places holiness within reach. In fact, he is the one who brings it to us. Let's be clear on what hope is. We do not hope in our virtues. No matter how many or little we have, we don't hope in our virtues. We hope in Christ. We don't place our hope in our works, in our good deeds. As some of the saints have said, those are often stained by pride and other things. We put our hope 
in Christ. When I fail to do something that I know God wants me to do, that is a moment where I can hope in Christ to make up for the failure of what I just did not do. The weaker I feel, the greater my confident hope should be that Jesus will supply for the strength that I might lack. As I look back at my past and I see some of the things that I have failed to do, those mistakes that I've made, have you made any? Jesus will be the one to supply for what we have failed to do. He will supply for what we've done poorly. Our hope is never in ourselves. It is always in Jesus, which means that we can always begin anew. And this is what I love about St. Therese, the little flower, that beautiful Carmelite nun who who lived in the early 1900s, and she lived to that ripe old age of 24. The church has raised her to the level of a doctor because of her doctrine of the little way and of confident hope. She often felt that the way to perfection was out of reach for her. She was way too little. She sometimes felt discouraged when she read the lives of the saints. She often felt her weakness. She saw all of her failures constantly, no matter how hard she tried. And one time she said, at the end of my life, I'm going to appear before God with empty hands. I will not be able to give him any merits because I have none. I will not be able to give him my good deeds because she said and she admitted, those are all stained. But I will give to God my confident hope to expect everything from him that he will be my holiness. Jesus will be my virtue. I will expect everything from Jesus. That's hope. And this is how she conquered the heart of God. One of the most beautiful moments in my life as a priest is often in that room over here in the confessional. When I have someone who comes to confession and they are confessing a sin and sometimes a serious sin that they have confessed numerous times. They often don't realize how beautiful is the grace of God that is working in their heart. That they perseveringly come with confident hope in God's mercy. Even though it may be the hundredth time they have confessed this sin. That 
give so much glory to God. Because again, we do not put our hope in ourselves. And the weaker we feel, the more we struggle, the harder our life becomes, the greater must be our confident hope. Our hope must be as great as God. That means it cannot be too great. But the person comes, and that perseverance in confident hope, if we only knew how pleasing that was to God, and how much it reveals how wonderful His mercy is, that it is inexhaustible, that God never gets tired of us coming, although we get tired of confessing. God's patience is infinite. We will never wear him out. Impossible. And so, the Lord comes to us again in the Eucharist. And let us put, if we are feeling discouragement in our Christian life, or if we have in the past, or maybe we just wonder if progress is even possible. Maybe we have lost a little hope that we can become better. Whatever we have that we carry in our hearts today, let's put it on the altar. And like Simeon, what does God give us? He puts in our lives in our hands, in our hearts, Jesus, Jesus, who is and always will be the hope of the world, your hope and mine. And he will be the one to take us the next step. Amen? Amen.